Good morning, good morning. It is so great to be with you this morning. Um, I, I feel like that it is very necessary to be upfront and be like, North Central, I love you, but I am a Southwestern Assemblies of God University grad. So I just, I, I just don't want there to be barriers in our relationship. And so I feel like it's, it's necessary to be upfront. But listen to me. I know that everybody here, you didn't necessarily grow up in the Assemblies of God. You don't, you're like, what are these AG people? What are they about? Listen to me. It doesn't matter whether you grew up in the AG or not. God called you when you were here. Not because he's trying to make you be a part of some fellowship or denomination, but because his presence is here. Because there are people here that are going to disciple you. Because there are people here that are going to call out the gifts that God has placed in you that maybe you haven't quite recognized yet. Or maybe you need someone to come alongside and walk with you as you are allowing Holy Spirit to mold and to form what he has placed in your hands that is to be used for his glory and for the people that you're going to come in contact with. So whether you're an AG kid or not an AG kid, if you're sitting in this room, I'm here to tell you, and I know you've heard it before, you were not here on accident. You were not here because your parents made you. You were not here fill in the blank. You were here because God said, I want them here. And I'm going to go so far as to say, if you're sitting in this room this morning, it's because there is a specific assignment, because I've been given an assignment today to come and stand before you, not on my behalf, but on what the Lord wants to say to you, to encourage, to invite, to cheer. I used to be a coach, so I'm coach today. I'm coach P, because I'm not here to be like, why are you doing that? No, I'm like, hey, let's do it this way. Let's run after the Lord. Um, You may or may not know that um, Clinton is my husband. And so um, it is so fun and such an honor to be able to do ministry together. This next summer, we will have been married 15 years. Yeah, right? I feel like that's a really big deal, babe. 15? Come on. That's like, that's like we're making it. And um, we have three boys. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he just said, but I'm going to laugh. Um, we have three boys that are 12, 11, and 7, so pray for them. They are mighty men of God in training. And... Um, They allow us to be stretched, so I'll just leave that there. (laughs) To the leadership of North Central, can I just say thank you for holding the line? I think you all are over here. Thank you for holding the line. Thank you for not shrinking back. Thank you for digging in. Thank you for listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for trusting God in every situation. Thank you for not giving in to fear. Thank you for continuing to pursue what God has placed this institution here for, which is to build, to equip. It's for the kingdom and it's for the world. And I cannot honor you enough for what you're doing in the classrooms and the hallways as you're talking to students, as you're discipling. Thank you for holding the line. I bless you in what it is that you are doing for the kingdom. Um, As Clinton and I were praying and getting ready this week, I was like, babe, let's not tell each other what we're going to do. You don't tell me your worship set, and I won't tell you what the Lord tells me, and we'll see how it connects. Drum roll. Here's the connection. You ready? You can stop. Have you ever noticed that the Apostle Paul, from the time that he's talked about in Acts, all the way through his epistles, that he tells the same stories? He tells his story, and he talks about what Jesus did over and over and over and over again. Like there are times in Acts when I'm like, Paul, we know Jesus knocked you off your horse. You were blinded. You repented. You got... But I think there's a reason why. Because he never got over 
what his Lord and his Savior did for him. And so what I want to say to us today that are in this room, because I'm also saying this to myself, may we never get over, may we never get tired. You see the link? May we never get tired of telling God that he's worthy because he saved us, because he chose us. In fact, what I'm talking about today is chosen. Now what? Colossians 3 Verses 12 through 17, we're going to hop in this in just a second. Um, Colossians is a great read. You can read it like in 15 minutes, maybe 30 if you're having to reread a couple things because sometimes that happens. If you're an audio learner, just turn on your audio Bible. It's really great. The version, if you don't have it, it's a great tool to have on your phone because there are times, is anybody else, because you read so much for your classes that when you sit down to read something, you're like, I'm reading the words, but they're not sinking in. So what I do is I will listen to the Bible And then if I really want to really step it up, I will listen and follow along with my eyes. And I've found when I do that, that it comes alive. It's something different. One other tip. If you've been reading your Bible and it's been feeling a little stale, maybe you need to switch translations and read it from a different perspective. Because I'm telling you, it is alive and it is active. And when we fall into that state of, I'm just not getting much out of the Word of God, that is a flag that Holy Spirit is saying, hey, maybe we need to do something a little bit different. Maybe you need to read out loud. Maybe you need to read with someone. Maybe you need to listen to it. Because this Word is life. It is the difference between sanity and insanity. And that sounds like a joke. But I'm telling you, this word has held me and kept me in times when I thought, I am losing my mind. Anybody ever been there when you have thought, I, I, I think this is the day. This is the day that officially I'm done. But by God's grace, I'm standing here before you today. So the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians, it's so good. And he's talking about what Christ has done for us. And so then we get to this passage. And so he says, and so then... Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. 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 Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Don't you love a good harmony? Man, if you can't sing, you still can appreciate a good harmony, right? Because we recognize when it doesn't show up in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Number one, what has God done? He has chosen you. He has chosen you to be holy. What does this holiness look like? We talked about it this morning because God is holy. He is set apart. There is none other like him. He does a special work. The same is for you. If you've been called to be holy, you've been called to be set apart. You've been called to do things differently, to think differently. He has chosen you to be holy and he has chosen to love you. Now, I don't know about you, but I know me. (laughs) And the fact that God still chooses to love me It really is kind of a miracle because, again, I I know 
me, like the inside of me. I know the things I think. Just because it doesn't come out of my mouth doesn't mean it didn't go in my mind. But here's the deal. When it goes in our mind, you know what Jesus said about our thoughts? Man, if we think it, it's kind of the same as if we did it. So Holy Spirit is still working in me. I'm so glad that he has chosen us to be holy, to be set apart, and that he has chosen to love us. That's why Paul couldn't get over. That's why he kept telling his story. That's why he kept going back to the cross and the debt that Jesus paid for us and the fact that he was resurrected because of his love that God demonstrated through Jesus. So what's our response? This is the now what? God chose us. Now what? What does it mean? We got to get dressed. And what are we going to get dressed with? Tenderhearted mercy or compassion. May we be compassionate to our brothers and our sisters. May we be compassionate to those who don't yet name the name of Jesus. Do you know what I found? The people that are in my closest circles, they sometimes get the least amount of compassion from me. Confession time. But the Lord is working in me to have the same level of compassion for the people that I know as for the people that I don't know, right? Now, here's, here's why. This is why it's easier to be compassionate to somebody that's a stranger. You don't live with them, right? You don't do life with them on a regular basis. They don't know which buttons of yours to push. They don't know your past history. They don't hold things again, you know? So it's just easier sometimes to love a stranger because they don't know your stuff, right? So it's like, oh, I love you, and I never have to see you again, You might have heard, I have a cold. And you know why I have a cold? Because I live with people. Mostly because I live with little people, it always starts with Shepherd, the little one. And then he gives it to his father, who insists on giving me kisses. And we'll just leave that there. I have a cold. It's his fault. So we're going to put on tenderhearted mercy, compassion. We're going to put on kindness. Kindness. We're going to put on humility, gentleness, and patience. And I thought about this. As we're getting dressed, these are things, these are metaphors, right? We're putting these things on. That if you're being compassionate, it's how you, you deal with your heart or allow your heart to be seen, right? And when you're being kind, it's what you do with your hands. You are kind with your hands. If any of you are in child care, where are my education people out? Got to give a shout out to you. Where are you at? Education, where are you? Yes, yes, yes. Love you. Oh, there aren't as many of you in here as I thought. Well, that's Okay. You can spread the love to your friends. Kindness is something that we talk a lot about, especially with little kids. Let's have kind hands, right? Kindness has to do with what we do with our hands. Humility is how we walk, right? You can walk with humility or you can walk with swagger. Now listen to me, swagger is not bad. But there is a way that we can walk where you're just like, ah, we can't tell that person anything, right? Just because of their posture. We're going to put on humility. Gentleness also has to do with your hands. Because you can have <laughs> intend to be kind um, and take something from someone and not be gentle, right? So we want to be gentle with our hands and then patience. This is our mouth. Because when the Lord is operating in patience in us, we are being patient with other people and we put on patience, then maybe we hold the thing, right? Not everything we think needs to be said. Do you guys remember that from kindergarten? Just because you think it doesn't mean it needs to come out of your mouth. Sometimes the things you think you need to bring before the Lord and be like, God, this is what I really think and this is what I really feel and allow him by his Holy Spirit, because he's chosen us, because he loves us, because he has called us to be holy and set apart, he will show us how to reorient what was going to come out of our mouth 
in such a way that it demonstrates patience to those that we are around. This next one, make allowances for each other's faults. Whoa, guys, that one's a hard one, right? Like, I know what my intentions are, so have grace for me, but you meant to do what you did. You did it on purpose. And what the Lord would say is, and listen, Paul is talking to believers, So I'm talking to us here in the room, brothers and sisters, part of the body of Christ, that we're going to make allowances for others' faults. Now, that doesn't mean that someone that is consistently walking in a lifestyle of sin that we have a relationship with, that we say nothing. That's not what this is talking about. These are the things that happen of like, they were late, they didn't mean to be late. They forgot something, they didn't mean to forget it. They hurt you, and they honestly didn't mean to hurt you. Let's make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive because we have been forgiven. Recently, I had a situation. I know you're going to be shocked and surprised by this, where I was very upset at my husband. I was hot. And the Lord so graciously said to me, you know you have to forgive him, right? You kind of tell people to do that. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it took me a second. I'm going to be really honest because I was really mad. And I finally calmed down and I was like, you know what, Lord? You have forgiven me for so much. Forgive me for trying to hold him hostage in a space and withholding forgiveness from him. And we're, we're good. Remember, I'm sick. We're good. <laughs> if you did not get that, see me later. We're going to forgive because we have been forgiven. God has chosen you. He's chosen you to be holy. He's chosen you to love. So we have more clothes that we're going to put on. We're going to put on love. We're kind of in fall. This is in my 11 years in Minnesota. This fall is a little bit different. I'm loving the 60 degree weather. But you know, we're living in sweatshirts and jackets and shackets and all the things. That's what love is. We're going to put it on because it binds us together in perfect harmony. No one's flat. No one's sharp. Because you can have all of these things, but if we don't have love in the mix, something's going to come out sideways. And we're going to allow, because we've been chosen, and because we have been set apart, and we are holy, and because God loves us, we're going to allow his peace to rule in our hearts. Peace comes from Christ. You know, I was thinking about this. He is the Prince of Peace. That his peace has been made available to us, but we have to receive it. Like, peace is sitting in front of you, And it's up to you whether or not you're going to pick it up. Peace is available to you. It's up to you to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to be peaceful. I'm going to think about the peaceful thing. I'm going to meditate on his word. His word says that if we keep our mind on him, that he will keep us in perfect peace. We've been called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be the children of God. It would make sense. The prince of peace that we would be peacemakers, that we would be a part of him, that we would be children. Being a peacemaker doesn't mean that you're going around stirring stuff up, but it does mean that you bring attention to things where there is not peace, right? To the one who is the uh, peacekeeper in your family, be released in the name of Jesus. My husband says all the time, my spirit, my responsibility. You do not have the responsibility to uh, be able to dictate how someone else responds to you. You're only responsible for you. That doesn't mean that you don't show up loving. That doesn't mean that you don't have hard conversations. But it is not your job to keep everybody around you peaceful. That's what the Lord does for us. 
and to always be thankful because God's chosen us, because God loves us, because we are holy, we get to be thankful. I don't have anything to be thankful for. You have breath in your lungs. You have the ability to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have been saved. And if you haven't been, you can be. There is life and there is hope that is available to us. Probably you put something in your mouth today. If you did not, you have the option to do that within the next hour. We have many, many, many things to be thankful. Hear me. I'm not being like, be thankful. No, like, be thankful. Because God has blessed you, even though life is hard. Because can I get an amen? Life is hard, right? Trying to figure out things, trying to figure out school, trying to figure out where I'm going to work. Life is hard. And we can still be thankful in the midst of the hard because we're not doing it on our own. Be filled with the message of Christ. Very simply, John 3, 16 and 17. You guys know it. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world. Catch this. Not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. The message of Christ, what did Paul not get over? Was this right here. In John 6, 29, Jesus is talking to people after he fed them. It's the, after the feeding of the 5,000. And you, you may or may not remember that the next day, people showed up and they're like, do you have any more bread? Because I'm a little bit hungry, Jesus. And he talked to them and he said, this is, this is about more than bread. I want you to desire to do the work of God, which is this, believe in the one he has sent, which was himself. The message of Christ is to believe in him. In Acts 2, this is Peter. He's talking to all of the people. It's the day of Pentecost. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, because he's talking to the Jewish people, to be both Lord and Messiah. And then Peter said, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, this I love, and to those far away. Guess who we are? Those who are far away. All who have been called by the name of our Lord because God has chosen you. You have been chosen to be holy. You have been chosen to be loved by God Almighty. And so because of these things, he's asked us to teach and counsel each other with wisdom that comes from Christ, not wisdom from the world. Let's see if you can fill this in. We hear this in positive things. You are enough. No, you're not. With Christ, 100%. So I urge you in the age that you are, in the things that you are reading, in the things that you are consuming, to line it up against God's word. What you are hearing might sound good and feel good, but does it line up with what God says? Because if it doesn't line up with what God says, it's not the wisdom that comes from Christ. All wisdom and understanding is found in him and him only. And we discover that by reading his word. And then finally, guys, you've been called. You've been chosen to be holy. God chose to love you. So it doesn't matter if you are a ministry major, if you are a business major, if you're going to be a professor, it does not matter. Whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of Jesus Christ. If you have named Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that means the Holy Spirit dwells in you. If you have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that is a gift that is available for you. It does not make you more saved. But Holy Spirit gives us the power to be witnesses. 
in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the world, in Minneapolis, in St. Paul, in Bloomington, in Wisconsin, in Texas, you name it. That is what Holy Spirit has given us, the power to be a witness. You, no matter if you know what you're going to do after you leave North Central or not, are a representative of Jesus Christ. So the words that come out of your mouth and the things that you do are an echo of what God has done for you, which is that he has chosen you to be holy. He has chosen to love you. And because of that, we get to be a representative of him to the world. Amen? Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for these students, these young men and women who you have called, whom you have chosen. God, I speak to the student today right now that has just said, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, would they be reminded today that you are with them? that all of their days were written in your book before one of them came to be, and that you are faithful to continue to lead and guide them because you are a good and faithful God. Let us be aware of your presence. Let us never get over what you did for us and are doing for us every day, every moment. You are with us. I bless these students. I bless them that they would be anointed by your spirit, and that they would be representatives of who you are. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you.